This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to Video Games Cover to Covers, continuing coverage of Dragon Quest Eleven S. The S is for Switch. Echoes of an elusive age. I left S. that out on purpose this time because I knew you would... It's like your thing now. This is part five, I believe? Yes, that is correct. Episode 60 of the podcast. It's like 14 months of talking about video games. Yeah, that's a really long time, and uh, just for a quick snail update, one of them seems way bigger than it was last time. Not exactly sure what's going on there, but... Uh, I mean, they don't get, like, pregnant, do they? They just lay eggs, right? Well, yeah, well, see, so these type of snails are also asexual, so they can just clone themselves, which is kind of cool. So there can just be a, a bunch of these clone snails everywhere. And I have these little egg pouches on the side of my glass and everything like that, which I could remove, but... Yeah, I think you mentioned those last week, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think last time we left off where we were just getting to the Sultan's palace. Uh, Yeah, we well, we had just talked to the prince about his, you know, vague problem of... That's right, that's right. ...being completely unprepared to do anything related to a horse. Did we talk about how the two twins pledged themselves to us? I, I think we kind of skipped over that. Yeah, I I felt like that was kind of important because they did it twice. And they were so very persistent on, I don't care if we die or anything, just we serve you forever. Like, um, okay. I mean... Cool, but that is slightly weird. I don't disagree. Here's the thing. I just found out I'm the luminary, and I understand that maybe your entire lives you were brought up to say that I'm super important and everything like that, but that's that's kind of a lot to just, you know, hey, we just met. Hey, I helped you find your sister. Hey, you're pledging yourselves to me? Okay, cool. Um. I was just really looking for friendship. You know, I'm not like a king or anything like that. It's not, you don't really need to pledge your loyalties. I mean, that's, that's cool. Like, thanks, I guess, but. It's like, I appreciate it. And then you look over at Eric giving him this side eye, like, um, so I don't know if you saw that, but, uh, do you have anything to say to me? You know, here's your chance. <laughs> You know, I don't want to I don't want to put any words in your mouth or anything like that. I'm just, you know, here's the thing, you know, you it, it seems kind of weird that you're not pledging my pledging yourself after hearing something. I mean, like that. I mean, didn't you just say it was weird that they did it? I guess kind of. But like now that that's a thing, you know, yeah, that's the thing. It's like now that it's out there, it kind of seems like if you don't do it. Maybe you're going to, like, backstab me like your partner, Derek. Eric. I don't think his name was Derek. Dirk. Whatever. Dirk. Yeah. It ends with a K. I mean, it's I will say, same. though, 
they should have gone with Derek and Eric just for like how it flows off the tongue. So that's really a missed opportunity. Yes, but then we would have been like, really, you're going to name your two random thief characters, Derek and Eric, just so that way they could be palling around out in the desert, stealing stuff from people. I mean, for rainbow. G- given the, uh, the the number of names that are just like extremely obvious puns and stuff, it would have been 100% in character for Dragon Quest to do that. And which is fine. It just, I, I'm just, you know, looking over at Eric. You know, I got that red orb. You know, if it, if it wasn't for me, you like probably couldn't have got it yourself. You know, no offense to you or anything, but I mean, it was being protected by these monster creatures. It kind of feels like now is the time to, you know, speak up, man. I mean, you know, I mean, this I, is I, the standard really my going forward. If anybody doesn't do that, I have to assume they're nefarious. They're clearly out to get me if they're not willing to immediately pledge their loyalty upon arrival. And that they'll give their lives for mine, if need be. Which I, I think They will is... die for me, Eric. Would you die for me? Exactly, Eric. Do you even understand the importance of this? Without me, you guys are just a group of friends who can't defeat the Dark One in your face. <laughs> Yeah, Red Orb is useless without me. So, yeah, I felt like it was kind of... I, I seems like something we should have brought up, and I, we just kind of glossed past it. Because they pledge, they pledge themselves to you before they go in and get her magic back. And, and then, then again after. after they get your magic back, and then we go talk to Leon in front of everyone, they do it again. And it's like, hey, that's cool, but... Isn't that something we could have done in private? That does seem a little weird in hindsight, yeah. Especially, you know, I'm trying not to bring attention to myself based off of, <laughs> you know, being the dark one and everything, allegedly. Uh, um, and, and Eric's, of course, like, and you, every door we go into, you immediately kick it down and, and shout about how you're the luminary. I don't know how People you're don't even know what not. that means. That's just a code name. <laughs> you know, everybody else knows me as the dark spawn, but you have two random girls walking up to a dude, like a child and a adult female, and you're going, I pledge my loyalty to you and I will die for you. That kind of seems like something you do for like an evil guy, not like the good guy, which in this case is the luminary who's I it's a code name. It's kind of like James Bond, Eric. Haven't you ever watched a movie? You know, I have a name too. It's called Penguin Power Wash. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, there's a reason we call you the Luminary. That's too hard to say. I mean, he does have a point. It is pretty, that's pretty elaborate. So last time we, we, we stopped right after we told the prince that we would pose as him and ride the horse or whatever. So the very next day, because we didn't have a choice you, in the matter, to be clear, like, yeah, because I specifically told him no, like I said, and then I had to do it anyway, because he's like, oh, well, guess you don't want the rainbow. And it's like, oh, well, I guess you're a giant douche. Apparently, you want the entire world to be destroyed. I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm the luminary. I don't know if that yes. means anything to you. Yes, I'm aware. You've mentioned it six times in this conversation already. 
and and so then the very next day you are told to meet at the stables we get to the stables and he's like oh don't worry this isn't going to be a problem because i uh i have all this garb here and no one's going to know that it's you anyway. Because the prince wears a helmet conveniently and, you know, to, to stay safe while riding his horse. And what a so coincidence. You get on the horse and you go out and it was actually kind of, you know, for once, everybody treated me as I should be treated. <laughs> I refrained from kicking open doors and shooting lightning bolts during this time because I don't think the prince knows how to do that, but... Any other time, I definitely would have. But this time, I'm everyone's like, oh, it's the it's the prince. He's amazing. And in my head, I was just going, just copy and pasting, like cutting and then replacing prince with luminary. And I'm like, oh, it's the luminary. He's great. The luminary, the luminary. We love that guy. I'm like, yes, finally. It is about time. Jeez, you'd think I was like a dark spawn or something. <laughs> Everyone's always being so mean to me. I've done nothing to deserve this. I'm a 16 to 18 year old kid somewhere in there. And so you then you can go partake in the race. Now, I'm not sure if you had similar issues, Andrew, but I never really rode the horse at all. I also did not ride the horse. So this was a little bit more difficult than I had anticipated. First things first, when you come up, uh, there's another substitution, although you know the only one that everybody knows about is Silvando has showed up, and he is also racing, replacing someone. Except he says, and I want to point this out, the other racer had an accident. Yeah, it's very ominous sounding. It's super ominous sounding. And goes really well with, with a feeling that he's already a bad guy that we talked about in the last episode. So I'm under the impression that this dude is like full on evil mode and that he's going to try and sabotage the race in some way and expose me in some way. I don't know how, because when he looks at you, it, he gives you this look of, I know you're not the prince. Everything about this makes it seem like he's about to yeah, do some kind of I can't even call it double crossing because it's not like he's on your team to begin with at this point. So. But it definitely gives off the vibe that he's going to try to do something shady, yes. Also seems kind of unfair that he's apparently riding a ostrich. First off, I understand that he's in the circus, but where did he get an ostrich from? And I mean, second off, that's super that unfair because the ost aren't ostriches like one of the fastest land mammals? First of all, they're not mammals. Birds? <laughs> I don't know. Thought. I mean, obviously, a cheetah would probably be fast. I thought the ostrich was quick, though. I thought the ostrich was fast. I could be wrong on that. You know, I don't, I'm not 100% on the speed of an ostrich versus the speed of a horse. I know uh, so that people... the So I just looked it up. An ostrich's stop speed is apparently 43 miles an hour. Uh, a horse's is 55. They clearly don't understand how to program a game then because <laughs> this dude gets out in front of you so quick. Oh, yeah. Like, I actually went and looked it up after the fact if it was even possible to win the race. And technically it is. But I was like, there is no way I'm going to keep trying at this because he just destroys you. Oh, I went back and won. Oh, okay. Are you kidding me? Of course I did that. It only took, in, in, in my defense, it only took me 
one lap to get the hang of it, or actually two laps because there were only three. By the end of the second lap, I completely had the hang of it. I He was within distance. Like, I could see him, but I didn't win. So I reloaded my save, went back, and then uh, raced him again. And he still gets out to an immediate lead. But by the end of the first lap, I had already caught up. And because I was actually doing so well, I'd actually lapped somebody else. Nice. And uh, but but yeah, so yeah, I I I did win. If Mario Kart has taught me anything, being lapped by someone else is the ultimate shame. It it is. It really is. When I was going through there, I I couldn't resist being like, I'm the Luminary uh, <coughs> Prince. The Luminary Prince. Yes, that's right. I may have shocked him with a tiny lightning bolt, like the <laughs> smallest of lightning bolts, before I realized. But it was. Pretty shameful for him. Uh, he went home that day with no accolades. He, went, in he fact, went home in tears. They banished him, which I thought was cruel, but there's nothing I could do. I couldn't let Silvando win, and I had to assume that Silvando lapped this guy before as well, because even after I got ahead of him, he was still like right on my trail. I, I think I made one or two mistakes after I got in front of him and I still ended up winning, but he was, he was, he was quick. And I'm like, that's not cool. I don't understand what kind of weird ostriches you have in this planet, but where I'm from, I found out very recently that they're slower <laughs> than horses. Okay. But that's only when a horse is sprinting. They're about the same speed when they're like going at a sustainable pace. Yeah. But I, sp- I, I sprinted off that line, you know? I sprinted right off that line. <laughs> the thing that kept throwing me off, I, I mean, I definitely got the hang of it near the end as well, but the thing that kept throwing me off was trying to, like, break for the corners because that was, like, a really unintuitive thing to even think about for a horse. Like, I'm like, I guess I just wasn't expecting that to be a thing. Yeah, you have to use your e-brake. And I, I, if I remember right, didn't they actually call it an e-brake, too, or some sort? And I'm like, that's Something. weird. Yeah. Like, it, I was why like, would wait, you call what it that? Now? <laughs> it's like they just copied and pasted a racing game that they also developed. And then we're just like, here, here's your e-brake on the horse. Um, what? It was it was relatively easy. If you just tapped it once, you kind of did a quick turn. And so it in some of the very tight turns, you just tapped it um, two to three times. And then you'd boom smooth right through that curve. When you're going through that one part where it's just a snake, I mean, realistically, you can just go right down the middle and do very little turns. But even if you were to do the snake properly, you would only have to just tap the button a little bit each time, and it would have done the it would have done the appropriate turn. It was like I said, it took me about two laps to get used to it, and then once I did, I knew I had the hang of it, and I figured I'd try it again because. It seemed like it didn't matter if you won or not, because I watched the video after I lost at least the first part of it. And the prince was like, oh, dude, that's so great. Like, oh, I'm so glad that you did. You know, you you didn't win, but that's not that big of a deal. You know, second's not bad or whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. That's not bad. I have to go back and win, though. Like, I'm the luminary. What what am I doing? What am I even doing here if I'm not going to win this race? The only thing that... the changes between first and second, and I know this because, again, when I went to look to see if it was even possible to win, 
uh, what people are talking about around the town changes a little bit, mostly whether or not they're like, oh, the prince was so cool or Sylvando was so cool. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it plays out like exactly the same and let it between first and second place. So once you get back and you get off the horse and he gets on it and goes in there, he's like, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm so happy. Well, before that, Sylvando comes into the room where you're talking. That I, I believe that's later on. I thought, oh, I thought that was before he went out to. Yeah, I thought, I thought you went out first because there wasn't, because this is back in like a changing room later. Cause this is when the king, or this is when the prince is celebrating with you later. Like, because as soon as you get off the horse, it's, if I remember right, it is like immediate. He gets on the horse and goes out for his adoring fans or whatever. And then as soon as you get back in, then Silvando comes later to congratulate the prince in private and then he sees you there wearing the exact same stuff i i think i i could be wrong and you could be right i i don't know but regardless regardless, it's the same story silvando clearly knew the whole time right it's yet another moment of him being like oh good job wink 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 which is interesting that he doesn't because in that video, the prince all but says, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I just, what do you expect? I, they expect so much of me. I can't let my people down. Like, I had to do this. And Savando's like, okay, but he may not always be here in the future. And I'm like, well, okay, man. Hey, I don't know what you're trying to say here, but that sounds... Uh, again, kind of ominous. That sounds a little weird, man. I don't plan on dying anytime soon. After this, you you go back and you talk to the king uh, because now it's time for the prince to make good on his deal. Uh, I think this is like the next day or whatever. He tells you to like go sleep it off or something. And then. Yeah, because it's like after the celebration, after the, the race and stuff, at least presumably. And then the he's sitting there and he's talking to the king. And he's about to to ask him about the rain bow. And to be fair, which I want to be clear, to give credit where it's due, the prince we, we've kind of talked about has come off like a little bit of a shady character here, right? But he does seem like he's immediately about to hold up his end of the bargain. Because I'll admit, in the back of my head, I had been a little concerned that he was going to try to you know pull out of that deal. Now that you've done your part. Well, see, so at this point, I was convinced that Silvando was actually the bad guy. So I figured maybe the prince was going to try and back out of it in some way. But it would be really easy. Although, admittedly, he could have easily done that. Because then if I had just gone and said, hey, by the way, I was actually the one the whole time. Then the prince would have been like, this is just a random stranger. Kick him out of here. So I don't know. It that didn't really occur to me because I was mostly focused on Silvando. But now that you say that, yeah, the prince could have easily just been like, "Yeah, no, you're not getting that." Are you kidding me? That's yeah, a and, that's a treasure. That's definitely not happening. Right. That's exactly what I was expecting he was going to do. But again, credit where it's due. He did not do that. But as Chris was just about to say, he starts to have that conversation, but it gets interrupted by a soldier running in in a panic because. There's a monster that apparently comes back every year on the anniversary of this race, which was kind of an interesting detail that then proceeds to go completely unremarked upon. I wasn't sure if it was every year around this race or if it was just every so often. The way the the, the king says it, it sounds like it's every year 
on the, on the day of the race, and I'm just thinking like, what a weird coincidence to bring up. Like, are, is that fact somehow related? But it never gets mentioned again. Well, that's almost why I'm wondering. I I, I feel like I feel like that would have been brought up sooner. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it was just such a because if they thing know just- that this is going to happen then they should be just out there and ready to defeat it. That's what made me think that it's somewhat random as to when this actually happens. Well, that or, you know, is it somehow connected to the race? Like, what if you held the race on a different day? Would it still show up on the day of the race? Like, I mean, there's a lot of questions that get introduced there that never happen. Because, of course, the first thing that he does is ask the prince to go deal with this. And prove his heroism as the fine knight that he has become, which is definitely a thing that is actually true and not completely made up. Well, because in so from his father's eyes, apparently the prince is like the greatest knight that has ever existed. He's very proud of his son for his feats that totally exist outside of, you know, in real life and definitely not just in the king's head. Since this is literally like the first thing he's done as far as I'm aware. And he didn't even actually do it. No. So they went into detail about this. For a while, the king's, uh, the prince's guard, who's always with him, basically they went around, like the king gave his son a bunch of stuff to do, and the guard would always just do it for him, and then he would go back and take all the credit for it. And then the guards were just like, well, I mean, he's the prince, what are we supposed to do if we say that it wasn't him, then we're just going to get kicked out and lose our job anyway. And why would we do that? You know, it just, it is what it is. Hopefully he doesn't become the king anytime soon, or hopefully he, you know, mans up before then or something. But they, like all of them, from what I understand, because Silvando actually mentions this to him in a little, in here coming up very shortly, that and, and I believe the prince even said that him himself to the luminary, basically saying, "My father has asked me to do all of these things, and I've always had my guard do it for me, and then I've always just taken the credit for it because I don't want to disappoint my dad." And then that's another time where Veronica is like, "You sniveling idiot! You absolute garbage pile of a person! You're the worst person I've ever seen in my life." Because then, of course, the immediately the prince says, well, hey, so you have to come do this for me. To which I was like, yeah, no, give me the rainbow. And he's like, my father is expecting me to leave now. I can't ask him about the rainbow. And I certainly can't ask him about it if I'm dead, which I'm going to be if you don't come with me. Fair point. Okay. I guess I have to go do your job for you again. So, you know, I, I definitely do remember that part of the conversation that you're talking about of him saying that his parents had asked him to do things. I guess I I did not get the impression that the guards had done it because the way I took that conversation it had always been relatively reasonable things, but now it was escalating and it was becoming a problem. That was how I interpreted it. Well, yes, it was relatively reasonable things, but his guards always did it for him. And because he, he did so well in the race and he showed his skills as a knight and as a, you know whatever apparently his guards had done great swordsmanship stuff with him or whatever and said that he was amazing like from what i understand and from the the ensuing thing after the fact it was basically just a thing of yes 
things were escalating over and over and over and over. But that's just because he kept coming back and saying, I'm completing all these tasks and I'm amazing, which never would have happened if he had been like, I failed. I didn't do it. I need to practice more or something. If he had just been honest with his dad and he wouldn't even be in this situation, you know, his dad may be disappointed in him, but that's way better than potentially not having the luminary there to kill you. <laughs> I mean, or yeah. to kill it for I you. To, I was about to say, um, I think you're playing a different game than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not how it went down for me. But, you know, you do you. But at any rate, at this point, yeah, you once again have no choice in the matter. I find it funny that your luminary apparently makes it a point to say no to everything, knowing full well you're going to have to do it. Yes. The only thing I don't say no to is side quests because it won't continue the side quests otherwise. I don't have time for this. Well, you're going to. Anything else, unless I actually want to do it, I'm going to say no. And in this case, it's like, no, I don't want to babysit you. No, I don't. I definitely don't want to do that. I'm 100% on Veronica's side here. You are lazy good for nothing. So you agree to help him. I agree reluctantly, uh, out of necessity, not out of choice. And but thou must. You're getting ready to leave, and there's Silvando. Yep. Who jumps down from a wall, which does insinuate that there is no fall damage in this universe. Or, I mean, though, again, he's like an acrobat or something, so if anybody could handle it, it should be him. Sure. Nevertheless, I mean, y- yes, I don't disagree, but... And he goes, oh, so you're going with the prince to help slay this evil monster creature. Then you're going to need my help. No, I don't. Oh, don't be like that, honey. I'm coming anyway. Cool. Just want to make it a point that I didn't want you to come. No offense. I just met you. And this is crazy. (laughs) I've said no to you every time. Not maybe. Well done. And, and, and so I'm just like, okay, so he's going to like kill us in our sleep or something because this dude is definitely evil. He, he's just, he's evil. There's not, he is giving off so many evil vibes. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like you're going to go out there and he's working with the monster or something. So as you're going along, you have these little cut scenes here and there where you catch up to the prince and he's like, oh, He's got this cart and everything because apparently instead of just killing the creature, because I guess every single time it comes up, they kill it and then it just comes back anyway. So instead of killing the creature, they're just like, cool, bring the corpse back here. Not not even the corpse. They wanted you to like knock it out and bring it back. That's the interpretation I got. Which is why? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on the why other than to have a trophy, I guess, but. You like, again would still think you'd want it dead. So this reminds me of like the a rancor situation where this king is just going to put that in like some gladiatorial stadium <laughs> that the dark spawn is going to have to fight when he comes through here. Well, that's what they've got to do. You know, they've got that huge horse racing arena. They've got to have something to do in there when there's not races, right? Might as well have this giant sand creature just absolutely tear everybody to shreds in the off season. I mean, it checks out. And so we we get out there, and then we get to a part where it's a mandatory sleep, which, weird. Because it's time for some plot. D- making me go to sleep. And Savando is sitting there, and he's like, oh, let's 
talk about you. And Eric's like, hey, so, or no, it was Serena. Wasn't it Serena? It was either Serena or I'm pretty sure it was Serena, yeah. She seems to be very friendly and talkative in general. Yeah, Serena just doesn't care. Like I said, she's a honey badger. She does not (laughs) care about anything. So he's like, what are you all doing? And she's like, this is the luminary. We gonna kill the evil one. It's he's super bad news, and and dude's like, um. So what is the dark one? And Veronica's he's like, like hey, notes. Serena, shut up. Maybe you shouldn't tell the guy that we're on a quest to kill the dark one. We've never met him before. And she's like, oh yeah. And then Sylvando proceeds to go, cool. Well, I'm just gonna go to sleep now. And like, hey, are you gonna tell falls us? asleep. So are you gonna tell us anything about you? No, it's time for bed. He even makes the point to basically have that exact conversation because Eric's like, so what's your story? I'm tired. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. And then we're all sitting there talking about him right in front of him like, okay, so I guess he's definitely asleep now. That guy's evil, right? Like he's <laughs> like definitely super evil. evil. Like he's definitely not good. So like, Serena, we're gonna- <laughs> we, like, here's the thing. Um, please don't tell people in the future that I'm the luminary and that we're off to defeat the dark one. But you always tell everybody that you're the luminary. Serena, I understand that, but it's different because I don't immediately then go, we're going to go kill the dark one. I stop it at luminary. And then said things. No, sorry. Don't set you don't set them on fire. That's right. You better stop short because I'm not setting anything on fire, Andrew. You're just striking it with lightning. Magic lightning bolts. I haven't used zap and gotten the burn status effect yet. And I'm not going to because lightning is setting not people is not setting people on fire. I did not say I'm shooting a firebolt is a lightning bolt difference. If anything, I'm helping them out because I'm creating glass in this desert sand everywhere I go. I just got to dig it up later. I'm. How is it working that you have to dig the sand up if you're doing that? Because wouldn't it be like on the surface? You dig the glass up. No, haven't you ever? They're called like flugels. Flugels. Haven't you ever heard of those cylindrical shaped things where a lightning strike hits the desert and it melts all of the sand into these glass tubes? I mean, admittedly, they got sand and a bunch of other crap in them and they're very fragile because it's not actual glass. But No, I've actually never heard of it. That's super cool. Yeah, it is, look that it up is later. definitely super cool. Yeah. So I'm helping everybody here. This is the Except situation I'm wouldn't in. It be, wouldn't it be the same, like, lousy, really fragile, not glass? This is... <laughs> it's magic lightning. What are you not understanding about this? So it's magical what? property involves making perfect glass? What is so difficult? Andrew, we create glass and steel and fabric out of literal garbage all the time in our fun forge that you love so much, but I can't use some magic lightning to do something good for people? Where does the where does it end with you? Always with this. Oh, he's a destructive luminary. He's setting stuff on fire even though it's magic lightning. And he's the one that controls it. I can if I want to create glass as a luminary, I'm going to create glass because I do it all the time with literal garbage. I mean, I don't really think any of the raw materials are what you would call garbage. It's usually like scales and stuff that is actually useful for things. 
Oh, okay. So scales. also by definition, if it's a raw material, it's generally not what you would classify as garbage. What would in, you in general? What would you classify the ruined corpse of something you just defeated, if Resources? not garbage? I mean, if I have an intent to use it, like, have you ever played Monster Hunter? You take those components of monsters that you kill and craft materials or craft weapons and stuff out of it. That's, like, the whole thing. I'm, I don't think those monsters are then garbage. Oh, I, d- I didn't realize that we were playing Monster Hunter. Last time I checked, we were playing Dragon Quest. You know? And, and when enemies die, they drop treasure chests. So are you saying the treasure chests are garbage? Like, I'm not really sure where you're going with this now. All I'm saying is these random resources, iron ore, whatever, is garbage to literally everybody else but me. And I'm constantly making amazing stuff out of garbage. So here's the thing, Andrew. A lot of times when you're creating something, you can say, hey, I want to make a sword. That's cool. So where are you getting the wood or leather for the handle or is that just metal too looks an awful lot like the sword has some ornate pieces after i craft it so that assumes that i picked up some garbage off of the ground threw it into the fun forge with my other raw materials and it just worked do you know why because it's magic oh boy I can make mountains out of molehills wherever I go. Do you know why, Andrew? Because I'm the luminary. luminary. (laughs) I do what I want, when I want, and how I want. And I don't want Silvando to come with me. But you have no choice because he's coming along whether you want him to or not, just like everything else you've done so far. (laughs) Yeah, even though I'm constantly telling people no. I'd like to think that this is all just a dream sequence, after he kicks me out on the street and he's just like, I can't believe this. And then the prince like went out and died or whatever because I actually told him no. This is the the Witcher universe where you can straight up just tell people, no, I'm not doing that. You know, if you can live in Monster Hunter, I can live in the Witcher. I can just tell people I'm not solving their problems. Specifically this kid because it's like, dude. And Silvando kind of makes this point to him after we beat the monster. He's like, you know, someday you're going to have to step up and do this stuff yourself. I'm like, oh, man, Silvando kind of has a point for an evil dude. <laughs> this makes just a lot Im- of sense. And, of course, he just immediately disappears at this point. And you're like, oh, so he's like a ninja. <laughs> Which it makes sense, I guess, for him scaling the walls and leaping down from them like no big deal. So he's been a ninja this whole time. Admittedly, so does the prince in a way, because... Sivandu just kind of leaves you standing there, and suddenly the prince is just gone. Gone forever. Nowhere to be seen again. He got eaten by the monster. It was very sad. Yeah. And after you get... Because I I actually really like that fight. It was... It kind of felt like a challenge, but it wasn't, like, overtly difficult. And uh, Sivandu, just like the other two, was a... Just kind of there who kind of did whatever he wanted, but he would also tank hits for you, which was great. And once again, yeah, when he's not in the party, somehow he has infinity HP. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining. I just think it's funny. Yeah, I'm like, no offense, Silvando, but uh, if you just want to follow me around forever and just have infinite HP, like, I don't care. You know, I'll just keep shooting the provoke over at you, which I, I couldn't do even if I wanted to. But if I could, I'd just keep doing that and you'd just be tanking the hits forever, man. That's the way this would go. If only. 
but it does not work that way. Because now Silvando has abandoned you just like the prince. <laughs> because that's the thing. The prince is like, cool, get him chained up. We chain him up and boom, he's gone. And because Silvando even says like, hey, man, because immediately the prince is like, look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. And it's like, you know, you don't have to keep up appearances, man. We're the only ones here. And everyone here knows that you didn't do it. And I, I think they actually said something to that effect, or Silvando did. And he goes, guards, what do you say about it? And he's like, oh, yeah, we totally saw the prince do it. Go, prince. Yay, prince. <laughs> and the prince is like, cool, screw you guys. I'm out of here. So you don't immediately go back, to which I was really annoyed because I thought I was going to have to walk all the way back. And I was pretty annoyed at this point. Hey, this is the part where I remind you once again that Zoom is a thing. Yeah, you can keep doing that, and I'm going to keep not using it. Again, I, like I said, I'm way past this, and I still haven't used Zoom. But here's the other thing, Andrew, is you didn't have to walk all the way back. And I was going to use this time to go do the wild side thing. This is when I went off and did that. But once you got to the save point, it auto-transferred trans it like auto you back anyway. Once you got past that weird circle section that I thought was there, there's this gigantic circle section in the desert where these monsters were all huddled around it and it looked like they were all praying. And it's kind of like, I have a feeling we're going to be coming back here. I get the feeling we're going to come back to a lot of these areas. Honestly, it feels like we're passing through things very quickly. And also there's a lot of stuff that it seems like we should be able to get to that we can't, which is why I think that we're going to like that mountain back in, um, the first city when you li once you left the starter kingdom in the place with the hot springs and stuff that you can go to the mountain, but like you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. There's a, so there's a bunch of areas where I'm like, we're definitely coming back to all these places, aren't we? Because there's a lot of places we still can't get to. Well, if there's anything that we learn from Final Fantasy VII, Square Enix loves to revisit places we've already been. Why go somewhere new when you can just revisit the same locations you already know and love? But at least it would be, you know, an entire world map and not just reusing all the areas in one city. <laughs> so they're improving. That's fair. Well, sort of deproving because Final Fantasy VII came out before Dragon Quest or came out after Dragon Quest. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. So it's actually a step backwards. You may That's a good point. Way to go, Square. <laughs> well, that's a different team. You know, this is Nomura. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's got all the great ideas about the most confusing storyline that's ever existed ever. <laughs> but it's so easy. You just have to watch this 11-hour video on what the timeline is. That's okay, because I'm sure it'll all make sense once we play the rhythm game for Kingdom Hearts that's coming. Nothing is ever going to make any sense. Ever. Nothing. Because I don't think it's possible. It's going to cover, it'll cover like Sora and Riku in the real world, like that trailer at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, it's a rhythm game now. What You know, why not? It's like lost at this point. You know, there's just so much that the only way that it could ever like it, no matter what happens, the ending's going to be disappointing because it's going to come down to something simple. And it's like, OK, cool. I've never seen Lost. I've just heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, Lost was basically well, it's just like everything else. J.J. Abrams, it's a lot of interesting ideas that they then have absolutely no idea what to do with. And it seems like, no offense to Kingdom Hearts, 
but kind of seems like they've been down that road a while. Yeah, and honestly, like, I play Kingdom Hearts because I'm just like, I'm going to run around to the Disney movies, and that's all I care. So, like, I, I have never had much engagement with the big, massive other plot, which is probably good because, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I had, I really only ever played three, and I'm like, this in itself is ultra confusing because I even watched videos on one and two. I even watched, like, multiple half-hour to two-hour-long videos to try and understand the story. I don't think if I had even played these games, I would understand it, but, oh, man, I really hope that doesn't happen to Final Fantasy VII, because that'll be a huge disappointment. I have bad news. It's probably going to, and we both know it. Yeah, but just like Kingdom Hearts, as long as it's fun to play, I guess I don't care that much. I mean, realistically, that's what it really comes down to, as long as it's fun to play. I guess I don't really care about the story that much. And that's what I will say about Final Fantasy VII. Boy, was it a blast to play. You shouldn't say that on a podcast where we're talking about the story and stuff that you don't care about the story. That's just, you're ruining our brand. I care about the story. Here's the thing. I don't want to just <laughs> dump all over Kingdom Hearts and have everybody get mad at me. I mean, just that's going to happen anyway. I don't understand the story and it's confusing. If any diehard Kingdom Hearts fans can sit down and explain to me exactly everything that is going on, then okay. I'm willing to give the story another shot. You should be really careful about encouraging this. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is watching multiple videos on it, playing the third one. And here's the other thing you guys got to understand. I'm never going to play any of the other games. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much the story makes sense. It's not going to happen. The only reason why I went back to play Final Fantasy VII original was because Andrew made me for the podcast. Because he's like, well, we got to compare them. And I'm like, cool, but I don't want to play that with the garbage graphics. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Six hours. Suck it up. Okay. But now I don't have to do that going forward because there's no reason for me to do that. Because they flat out said that the story is going to go anywhere they want now. Because that's just the world we're living in. And apparently we have to mark this episode as spoilers for Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> I'm still sore about it. Four epi five episodes in. Over a month later, and you're still mad. I'm still mad about it. And I'm still mad that the dude who's in charge of Kingdom Hearts took over Final Fantasy VII. Because, of course, it's going to be confusing. I don't want to incur too much wrath. <laughs> Listen, Kingdom Hearts was a blast to play. So, yeah, we, we get back to the town, and the prince is all excitedly, you know, marching through town with his conquered beast that he definitely be and no one else and so was it just me or in the movie where you were kind of strapping them all in did it not seem like savanda was up to something shady over there i mean i don't recall noticing anything specific but it is just kind of a general like baseline assumption with him so well because i think everyone knows what's about to happen even if you're not playing the game and following along with us i think everyone knows what's about to happen the chains break, and the monster gets loose, and for some reason doesn't attack anybody at all. It just screams and yells a bunch, and it's about to attack, and the king's like, hey, prince, well, you already defeated it once, just get in there. And the prince, obviously, is about to run away, and then Silvando is there. Well, that's, that's not quite true, because he does try to do a couple, like, measly strikes, and his sword breaks, and it, like, it, I mean... To the prince's credit, he does 
try a little bit. He's just clearly very bad at it and also terrified. But After his sword his, breaks is when he's about to run away. And, and I thought his sword broke. I could have sworn he was about to run away first. And Silvando was the one that encouraged him to keep fighting, to stay and fight. And then his sword broke and then Silvando killed it. I don't know. Maybe I mis- misremember. I, I could have the order backwards too. Silvando is a very mysterious man and comes and goes at multiple points along the timeline is what we're establishing because we both remember it differently. <laughs> yeah. And Silvando was definitely, I mean, in this case, it's like, okay, cool. So maybe you're not a bad guy? Question mark? And he's like, you know, Prince, you know, someday you you need to come clean about all this. And, you know, you need to tell the truth because you're just going to keep putting yourselves in these situations unless you come clean. And so then the very next thing the prince does is... Dad, it turns out I'm a total loser, and this cool luminary guy, the, you know the guy who keeps yelling around town that he's the luminary? Yeah, he keeps, he's the one that actually defeated it and brought it here, and his dad's like, cool, execute that guy, because it's clearly, like, not dead, and he clearly did a bad job chaining it up, so get him out of here, because he almost got this kingdom killed. Oh, wait, 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 that's not what happened. That's- yeah, I was about to say, let's... That's like the the Game of Thrones version of what happened. Yeah, that's what should have happened. And by should have happened, I mean what everyone else in this game has done to the Luminary. That's what I was expecting. And so you're in there and you're you're talking to the king and he's saying, oh, I'm so thankful that you were there to take care of my prince and everything like that. And, you know, I'll do anything to make it up for you and. Uh, then everyone's kind of looking at the prince like, <clears throat> oh, right. Yeah. The rainbow, that thing. Yeah. That we want that. But the king doesn't have it anymore. He sold it. What a surprise. And do you know why he sold it? To pay for the big celebration of the prince for the race and the banquet and stuff afterwards, because he just wanted to make it so amazing because of how awesome the prince was. And then the prince like, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I swear, I seriously, if I had known that the rainbow wasn't here, I never would have, I, I, I wouldn't have done this. I, like, hey, dude, so I, then you just would have died. Like, I get it. You're an idiot. I totally understand. Like at this point, of course you didn't know it wasn't there. Why would you know? Because you're clearly incompetent. Even if your dad told you, you probably weren't listening. Then, he, then his dad's like, oh, no, I told you, I swear, I told you about this like three or four times. Like, hey, do, we don't need this rainbow, do we? It's a it's a wondrous item or whatever. I can get a lot of money for it. No, you told me to sell it. It doesn't matter. It's not neat. You know, this was like 10 minutes ago. I'm like, uh. Actually, wasn't that one of the errands I sent you on that you did to prove how awesome you were to go sell this? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so the prince is basically saying oh I, you know my my dad can give you a can you at least told tell him who you sold it to and he's like oh yeah it's this merchant who's going to the galapagos islands and you got to go see him it's a port city it's probably long gone by now you know merchants and stuff they got to get rid of stuff quick I'm like well okay last time i checked that this isn't a stolen item so i don't understand what the what the hurry would be but okay yeah, you would think you'd want to hang on to it until you could find just the right price if you're gonna for the like large ticket items like that. It's, it's, it's not stolen. It's not stolen, right, right King? 
<clears throat> I mean, well, you know, you should probably get after him. And on your way out, the king tells you, oh, well, now maybe that Heidegger guy will take you under his wing or Heliogor or Hel- whatever Heliodor. his name is. Heliodor was the name of the kingdom. I'm like, and, and Eric goes, hey, isn't that that guy? I'm like, shut, 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 shut up, shut up. <laughs> Eric, I am begging you. Go back to talking about the orb. Like, this is, you. why don't you just sit the next couple plays out, bro? Y- you're not, it's not your turn to speak anymore. Like, so he's going to be here soon. And then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we met the Luminary. He's such a cool guy. You know, he's he really helped us out of a bind. And then they, ra- then they raise that city to the ground. So backing up a second, though, does that mean that everybody just, I guess at least the knights and stuff, do have access to that teleporter door? Because you'd think the guy who was chasing you would have done that in that case. And that's and this is where I was talking. Yeah, it seems like they very clearly have access to the other kingdoms. Why he didn't use it in that case, I don't know. Maybe it's possible that that teleporter door can go to multiple locations and he didn't know which one you went to. And so maybe it would have just been a roll of the dice. Or the other possibility is there's another way out that we just didn't learn about yet, which realistically probably makes more sense. But the way the geography of that was set up, it really seems like there's no way in or out other than the store. Yeah, so far, that's really, that's the only information that we have to go on. So why they didn't follow us, I have no idea. And I believe I remember, yeah, we gonna have to talk about that because that's definitely confusing. And this is where it is, is because it's like, so he's definitely coming here. Cool. Well, I need to book it. Well, before you go, here, take this pass. You can actually get through the checkpoint to the next kingdom. I mean, yeah, that's probably useful, but, like, y'all don't trust each other, like, at all, huh? Because <laughs> everybody's got guards everywhere. It is, like, I feel like there's something else going on there that they're, like, they've got everything locked down like this between countries. That's the thing. It's maybe it has something to do with the monsters that attacked everybody way back when. Like, I really don't could be. know. I mean, yeah, I have no idea either. It's just something that stood out to me because it's like, and I mean, I get it from a gameplay perspective, obviously, because it's to make sure you finish your quest in one area before you move on. Sure. But it does feel a little weird to be, especially when all of these kingdoms are literally like one city and a couple square miles of land, and that's the entire kingdom. So it just, it does, I get what you're saying, and it does seem very odd. Well, and and here's the thing. I'm Obviously, that is mostly just a world thing like they can't have a gigantic world that has multiple cities for each kingdom uh e- even when you're on the maps you can see like they have elements that go out for miles and miles and miles so i mean it does look like the kingdoms are much bigger than what you can actually go to and i think yeah, that's I'm sure just that's a product Plus, of being like, a game well yeah And, like, I don't expect every game to be, you know, The Witcher, where it's just, like, this ridiculously vast map. Yeah. But, I I mean, I'm sure sure you're right, especially because, like, you know, it still has some level of world map proportions. Not like in the old Super Nintendo games or Nintendo games, but, you know, it's still pretty clear that when you walk up to a city on the map, when you actually get into the city, it's way bigger than it looked from the outside. Yeah. Every city is like its own TARDIS. Exactly. It is bigger on the inside. And therefore, Silvando 
is a time lord, as we've established, which is why he you know show, can show up in all these different times and completely be in different parts of the conversation at once. Mystery solved. He must be, because when you start to leave the town, guess who's there? Guess who's back? Back again. Silvando's back. Tell a friend. Yeah. And uh, he, again, he's like, oh, well, this whole thing seems really interesting. So I'm coming with you. Yeah, that stuff you told me about the Dark One definitely, you know, made me uh, suspicious. I mean, really interested. And I really want to come along now. And I'm coming, whether you want me to or not. Yeah, here's the thing, Silvando. That's not happening. No, you can't come with me. I've got a boat. You what now? (laughs) You have a boat? I mean, are we talking like a like a rowboat or no? We got a I got a boat boat. Yeah, I got a boat. I want it from some guy in a card game. Okay, Han Solo. Uh, Welcome Savano, aboard. I guess. What is your life <laughs> for real? Like, I want Silvando has such a rich background that I must know about that we had better find something out about because I'm just sitting here like this man has lived more, you know, than the entire rest of the party put together squared. Well, yeah, because the two girls, their their lives have only been about me. Eric has only ever been about the orb. I just found out I'm the freaking luminary, and I'm apparently the darkspawn, and everyone wants me to die, except for the four people who are currently hanging out with me, and that prince, for now, anyway. And the king of the Desert King doesn't want you dead, at least now, but maybe maybe in the future he'll change his mind. As soon as Heidegger gets there, he's going to want me dead. I keep saying Heide- Heidegger is not right because that's Final Fantasy VII. Right, and again, the the Heliodor is the name of the kingdom, but that is not the... I think his name started with an E or something. No, his name, it was Jasper, Jasper and H. It was H something. Horus? <laughs> Heliodor. Hel- Heliodor. 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 Hendrick. Jasper and Hendrick. Yes. Yes, Hendrick. Hendrick. That is the guy. He's the man, the man with a plan. And that plan is to catch some darkspawn. And uh, be friends with him. I don't quite think it's that. I'm not 100%, but I think it might be kill the darkspawn, not be friends with him. That's not possible. That can't. That could be right. That can't. There's that can't be right. But yes, it's Hendrick. I'm pretty sure it was Hendrick because Jasper Jasper was the one that Jasper's the one who goes to burn down the the, the town. Yeah, Hendrick, and is, Hendrick the one is the who's one who's who chased following you. you. Yeah, and for whatever reason, is apparently just right on hot on your trails every single time. He must be the tracker. But this guy is apparently this prince is apparently supposed to be training under Hendrick, which can only go well. Like Hendrick seems like just a stand up guy, just an all around great dude. Maybe it'll be like that thing in One Piece where, like, the governor's son goes off and be- joins the Marines and then winds up being super awesome. It's possible. Who knows? It's, it serves under Luffy's grandpa. That would be great if it turned out that this prince turned out to be, like, an amazing, like, ultimate dude. That would be pretty cool if he did that. You it know, would be. hopefully I live long enough as a luminary to see that day. And hopefully he does not try to kill me as Hendrick's apprentice but if he does you're just gonna like you know go i'm the luminary remember that time when i saved you by riding on that horse and then going and killing that monster and he's gonna be like a lot of things have changed since then luminary 
you will be defeated. Or should I say Darkspawn? And it's like, no, you shouldn't say that because it's just not true. It's just like, it's just not true. Like, I don't know how to put this, but I'm just not, I'm not that, I'm not about that life, you know? And you don't have any evidence to the contrary. I'm not him anymore. Anymore? So you're saying you were, crap. A a little bit as a kid, you know, I kind (laughs) of, you know, Gemma's uh, bandana, how do you think it got on top of that tree? I dabbled in Ultimate Evil, yeah, but you know, I that, I moved past that. Yeah, you know that that bandana didn't make its way to the tree on its own. It had help, and that help was me. I stuck it up there using my dark spawn powers, mm-hmm. which I definitely don't actually have because I'm not. Uh, I I gotta go. And so we uh, decide that Silvando's gonna come with us, and we head out on our journey to solely solely for the boat. No other reason. Go to the Galapagos Islands, because I don't know how to pronounce that name. Now, at this point, I went and looked at what Solando's got. First of all, his skill tree is really big compared to everybody else, which I thought was a little weird. So I'm wondering if other people are going to get like expansions to their tree or something later, because Solando's got a lot of options comparatively. Well, maybe that means he leaves us. They're like, oh, look at this cool skill tree. He's definitely evil, and you're definitely not going to have him for <laughs> Secondly, I don't know what you've got him using, but I noticed he can use whips, and I decided I'd give that a try because that was something that no one else in the party was using. Turns out whips are pretty awesome. Yeah, as soon as you gave me that little little hint, I immediately stuck him on whips, and I've I've had I replaced him for Derek immediately, and <laughs> I just have him going around whipping everybody because whip hits an entire group. So when you get like a bunch of, of one thing, he can make really short work of them, it's, which normally you would need to cast a spell for. But he's just like, nope, smack all those things right over there. Excellent. Which, to, at the point where I'm at with Derek, he doesn't really have that option. And because I want to fi- finish fights incredibly quick, you know, if I was doing an actual boss fight, I will say Silvando isn't great. Because his only other option is Hot Lick, which is he breathes fire on them, which has three separate attacks, but they're all like 9, 10, 11 damage. Now, he did have a really cool uh, pet power with the Luminary where he breathes on the Luminary sword and then it does crazy damage. But, you know, yes, you can't lean is- on those pet powers. As we discussed before. Yeah. But for random encounters between him and Veronica, like they make really short work of of groups of enemies and it's beautiful. So I do have to say from a dragon quest perspective, I mean, they were throwing down mega evil vibes for this guy. And then it turns out that he's just going to be a party member and come with you to destroy the dark spot. At least for now. Yeah. That seems um, like not good. And his motivation is basically just, that sounds bad. I'm going to come with you. Like there's clearly a whole lot more going on here, dude. Please just tell us. No, I'm just going to come with you. I have to assume that he's going to be a permanent party member, though, because he's providing us with a boat. No, I fully expect he's actually a permanent party member. I would be really surprised if he leaves at this point. Assuming that it's a boat boat, an actual boat, like he's providing us with a with a way to get around and assuming that you know, boat is a thing. Maybe that's just how most people have to travel. Maybe this time door, whatever thing is just, maybe they don't have a key to it or something. Maybe those keys are rare. And so maybe 
Hendrick wasn't just allowed to take that with him. Now, the other possibility, which, again, also floated through my head when he talked about this, is, is this going to be a situation? Does he actually have the boat, or are we going to be borrowing a boat? Yeah, who knows? Honestly, man, I have to assume we're going to get there and totally steal this boat, and we'll find out when we get there. That that was my thought, too, was like, this isn't really your boat, is it? Like, that's where this is going. <laughs> he's like, I want it in a car game. We'll get there, and it'll be fine. And, he, and he's like, wait, what do you mean it'll be fine when we get there? He's like, oh, I've never seen the boat before. I'm like, oh, ah, man. You're killing me, man. You are not making yourself sound any less bad. Like, just because you're not, like, trying to stab us does not make you not a shady person. Like, dude, come on. Give me something to work with here. When somebody comes up on the street and they says to me, Savando's a bad dude. You got to give me something to be like, no, X. He's actually okay, but I got nothing with you, man. (laughs) All I have is he taught this really useless prince a lesson. To be slightly less useless. We can't go around telling everybody that the prince is useless because then that kingdom will be mad at us too. So it's not like we can even tell that story. We literally (laughs) just have to be like, he taught some dude a lesson. So he's not a bad guy. And you know what? He taught someone a lesson. Sounds kind of ominous when you say it like that, doesn't it, Silvando? <laughs> Silvando, you gotta give me something here. Like, just don't worry about it. The boat is mine. It'll be mine when I get there. Oh, okay. Okay, man. You got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna go to the Galapagos Islands. Gallop, Galopolos. So, next episode, we're gonna Go find Silvando's boat that's totally real and definitely isn't going to have, you know, us stealing it or anything. I'm, I'm sure it's everything's going to be great and the Luminary's quest is finally going to start, you know, going well. We're going to find his boat. It's only a podcast, but just imagine we were both winking really hard. <laughs> but that'll do it for this episode. As always, you can find us on social media on Twitter or via email or on our Discord server, and the links for those are going to be included in the episode description. I'm the Luminary! <laughs> <laughs>